When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time. Your host, Stu Palmer. Hello guys, it's episode 130 and what a fitting guest for the 130th episode of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's the wife of the late, great wrestling legend, Bruiser Brody. It's Barbara Goodish on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. Barbara keeps Bruiser Brody's legacy alive. She is a lifetime member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. She is also the registrar for the CAC as well. She's really active and Frank Goodish's life continues for generations and generations here being part of the group. Barbara had some big news on the new Bruiser Brody wrestling action figure that is coming out through Powertown. You can go to Powertown on their website. I will put links on. The figure is available individually and there's also a set of six of iconic wrestlers including Kerry Von Erich, Vern Gagne and you can buy them individually though as well. Barbara also talks about the Dark Side of the Ring episode as well. And Jeff, her son, obviously Bruiser's son, was interviewed in that. He hadn't done any interviews or any media that side about his dad. But obviously on that Dark Side of the Ring episode in 2019, he did. And also the High Spots TV documentary that was done on his life. Bruiser Brody, Wrestling's Last Rebel. That was a fantastic piece as well. I really enjoyed that documentary. So it was nice to speak to Barbara about that. But as I say, here we go. It's episode 130 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. And my guest today is the wife of the wrestling legend. It is Barbara Goodish, the wife of Bruiser Brody, Frank Goodish. Enjoy. So my guest today, this is an absolute honor to have the wife 
of the legend, the trailblazing Bruiser Brody, Frank Goodish, and it's Barbara Goodish on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. By way of Florida, but you were from New Zealand originally. Correct. That's right. 10 years in Australia, and then the rest of the time, 40 plus years between Texas here and now in Florida. And there's a hurricane heading our way. Oh, no. Oh, Barbara. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't want to be hearing that. I hope, I hope you're all safe. I hope. Yeah, we are. But it's not till I get back. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cauliflower Alley Club is happening into this week, coming into next week as well. What's going to be happening? Well, they're honouring quite a few people. And uh, I'm really excited because you get to see so many of the Rock and Roll Express, uh, Kevin Sullivan, and a bunch more. So every year they have the honorees that are there at the uh, Cauliflower Alley. So it's really exciting to get to see the people and uh, just to join in, to register. And we get a lot of fans that go at the same time. So, and Medusa is always there. And then you have the people that have the, uh, in the nostalgic room that will sell the merchandise. In fact, I'm going to do the registration. And then I'm also going to be in the nostalgia room with uh, Karen McDaniel, who is Wahoo McDaniel's widow, who has a book that she has just written. And I'll be selling my book that I have up yes. here, Brody. Of course, of course. You know, so I'm excited to be doing that too because I usually don't go in the nostalgia room because I'm always busy. But this year it's like I have books. I should be in there as well. So I'm going to change it a little bit and go in there and start selling a few books. That, that'll be nice for you though. Nice change for you at the, at the event. That's lovely. That's so nice. It is, as I said. So it is so good. And you also know that Powtown Wrestling where wrestling lives has also come out with figures. I don't know if you know that they are incredible figures that they've just had a Kickstarter on. They've just started selling, pre-selling them and they are the most phenomenal figures. And they have, uh, there's Frank, of course, Bruiser Brody, there's Stan Hansen, there's Magnum TA, there's Kerry Von Erich, there's Luthers and there's Vern Gagne. And they've brought them up in a, in a, and a parcel of six, you can buy a parcel of six, you can buy a parcel of three, or you can buy them individual. And later, remind me, I have one of the, a copy of one of the figures, how it looks behind me. But oh, you can, perfect. You know, perfect. So Amazing. So, so let me, before we finish, I shall bring it up and absolutely. talk about it. Because it's, I mean, to me, it was absolutely amazing because it's, you wait till you see it close up. I don't know if you've seen it. It's powtownwrestling.com. But as I've said, these figures are the most realistic figures they have ever come out with. And knowing Frank Bruiser, it kind of, it took my breath away. It was like, wow, it was just so lifelike. And as I said, in a little while, I'll show you the, I'll show you up close so the viewers can see it up close. And then you Great. can tell me what you think. Greg Gagne was on a JBL and Jerry Briscoe's podcast and he was talking about this because I listened to the episode. So yes, I did have an inkling. He, he was talking about it. This is going back about a month and a half, two months ago when he was right. on their show. So I had heard stuff, you know, what was going on with that. It's amazing. How, how cool is that? How cool is that? It is because when you think about it, it's 34 years since he has left us and people are still talking about him and people are still 
you know, creating figures, creating merchandise. And with Powtown Wrestling, I'm very happy because a lot of times there's a lot of bootleg stuff out there. And in the 34 years, a lot of people have made a lot of money and his family have not seen anything. So Powtown Wrestling is trying to bring a lot of the people in to give back to the wrestling community, which I think is a wonderful, wonderful uh, situation because they have so many uh, ex-wrestlers and wrestlers that have signed up and maybe they can make a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of money now, which is another great thing. Oh, it's perfect that they're doing that, as you say. Yeah, that's it's lovely. It's so nice. Now, I watched the documentary that you were you were narrating for High Spots. It came out in 2019. I've only watched it in the last couple of months. Can I just say how fantastic the documentary was on Frank's life, Bruce's life, of course, and your narration was fantastic. I must say. And, and all the guys that were interviewed for it, you know, just about Bruce's career and, and what, what he achieved and, and, you know, how, you know, how spearheading he was in pro wrestling. And I know I, I love with Michael, the high spots, that was a really good video. And what about the dark side of the ring, the vice oh. the, uh, documentary that the vice put out too, because that was an incredible uh, documentary Absolutely. that they put out. And that was the pilot. Uh, they still contact me because that was the actual pilot and they got two, three seasons out of that one pilot. And if you saw that, that is the first time that Jeff, my son, his son, has ever spoken on any media whatsoever about his dad. So it was like I could not believe when they asked him, would you like to, you know, get up, say a few words. And he said, yes because they were kind of his age and, you know, we had a good time with them. So he was comfortable about it. But it was like, as I said, the first time in all this time, he's never really talked about his dad. So that was a, uh, that was a milestone. I did. I did watch, obviously, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico obviously came up in, in that episode. And, uh, yeah, Tony, uh, Tony Atlas has obviously gone on record a lot of times. You know, he, he was in he was in there on that day. And just, uh, yeah, I, I, I get chills. I, I get chills, you know, hearing about it, obviously, years later. But, yeah, how, how was that for you when they came to ask you, you know, that that was going to be the main, you know, genesis of the story and the way they were going to go? It, it was. I was a little concerned. But they did such a good job that, I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm very happy with the way they treated it. Yes, it was a very hard subject mm -hmm. to actually get on the screen and kind of I knew exactly what it was about. I mean, they explained everything before they, you know, before they came to me. And, yes, yeah, so I was a little apprehensive, but as I said, it was... They did a real good job, and I'm very happy with uh, how they did it. It was, it, it was, yeah. It was obviously hot, horrific for you to obviously see it again, but us, us as fans as well. And like I say, I was only, I was only two years old when it when it occurred. But uh, just, just, uh, oh, just, yeah, just one of the one of those which. Uh, but that's that's what they've done with the with the other episodes, haven't they? As well, you know, it's it's hard hitting, but you can't take your eyes eyes off what what's what's going on. I know. Just as I said, yes, there may be a little bit of embellishment from a couple of people, but not bad. It was pretty pretty accurate. 
Absolutely. You know, D Dutch Mantel as well, because he, he was around that, that evening, wasn't he? But, you know, right. like you say, we have heard we have heard spin, haven't we? we? We've heard a lot of spin over the years, you know. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of spins on it and a lot of people, just, you know, but that's, that's how these things go. Everybody's going to have their own, you know, their own... Uh, own opinion so to speak i've got to, i've got to go on to japan because obviously frank bruiser was so prevalent in japan it, it, you know he was beloved in japan as was you know his good friend stan stan hansen i've got to ask you about his time when he was in japan you know how, how long was he away from the family you know and you, you you at home how long was he was he out for any given you know time he, well, you know, when you really come down to it, when you started Japan or even when he was in the United States, you add up how much time he might have been at home. And it probably wasn't any more than three months a year because that's how much. When you went to Japan, it was like a six month, no, six months, sorry, about six weeks at a time. Then you'd come back and then he'd do the States. And then sometimes it was a back-to-back -back Japan. So... As I said, just doing that, and I think about that, and it's like, yeah, all the time, adding up probably just over three months a year, that not at one time, but just the days that he would spend at home. So it, it's not an easy life. It was a hard life because I didn't travel with him. A lot of the times I know the ladies travel with their men, but I was at home. I looked after the home front. We had Jeff. So I was at home and uh, taking care, which you have to be very uh, resilient because you're by yourself a lot, so you kind of have to take care of everything yourself. But we survived. I wish it had been longer, though, but, you know, life sometimes throws you a few curves. More, more power to you as well, you know, being on your own. You know, my, my, wife, my wife struggles and I'm home every night. <laughs> 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 she does bless her bless her you know the little the little one is upstairs now but yeah that that's more power to you having to run the home and uh yeah just obviously he was away so so much wasn't he i know he as i said and i did go i people ask me sometimes what do you think of his matches well i only saw, saw such a few matches that you know and the couple of ones i saw thank goodness one of the ones i saw was he had a sister in St. Louis and we went down to St. Louis and he was, it was the Japanese were going to be there too and he did one hour with Ric Flair. Yeah. Well, that one hour, I don't think people would even think that he could do one hour. But as I said, the Japanese were taping it and they went one hour. And for a, a big guy, the way he worked and yeah. everything, Absolutely. it was like one hour. How did he have, you know, how did he do Because he could do things that I don't know how he could do them because... It was, uh, I mean, he could kick his leg higher than mine, jump off ropes, jump off the, uh, you know, climb over cages, I mean, drop kicks, you name it. It was like, how could anyone do do that, to be his size and to do these things? But as you know, a lot of the guys were football players first. So the, football's play, the football gave them a great uh, discipline. And I watch football now, every now and then I watch the NFL over here. And when I see the bumps that they take, I can understand how a lot of them can go into wrestling because they're used to pain and they're used to bumps and they're used to uh, that kind of uh, life. 
And, uh, and I think that's why him and Stan, I mean, him and Stan were way back at a West Texas State, and I think it was the Funks. I mean, there were so many of them came out of that West Texas State back in those days. And that's when he met Stan was they were in college together. It's just amazing. Yeah, when I was reading, and he was, and he was 220 pounds in college playing. And then when he went into wrestling, you know, he put, he put the weights on, didn't he, when he went into wrestling. But I should say, transitioning from, from that, a lot of guys have done it. But yeah, they were probably like two of the earliest guys that did it, when you think about it. Right, yeah. And uh, like I said, he went up to his heart, his heaviest in wrestling was 350. But then he gets to the age that I've got to take some weight off because I can't do, I cannot physically do some of these things with carrying as much weight as I did. So that's when he kind of trimmed down a little bit so he could still go out and do these drop kicks and all this other action that he used to do. But yeah, at his heaviest, he was 350. Now I know Bruiser was very frugal on the road. He was good. He was good with money because I've obviously heard, you know, accounts from yourself and different people from within wrestling about him. He was very frugal, wasn't he? He's very, very good of his money. Yes, I, I always have to pack him green beans and tuna, the cans of green beans and tuna. That was his favourite meal on the road after a match because he said, what am I going to do? Everybody goes out and eats and drinks after a match. And then sometimes in those days you didn't get paid that much. So you, you work and then you go out and you spend all the money. So I got to bring something home. And that's why I think in the old days too, they would all the boys, and I'm talking about way, way back in the uh, 70s when he started, when, uh, you know, going. And you would have, what, four people in a hotel room. You know, they'd take the beds off, they'd take, you know, a double, two doubles, they'd take the beds off, the mattresses off, and two would sleep on the mattress, two would sleep on the, uh, you know, the bed frame. Because that was the only way he could survive because they were on the road and they weren't getting paid that much money in those days when they first started off. But so he started that. So when he did go on the road, he had his uh, green beans and tuna. I think he's well known for his green beans and tuna. I think years later, he probably followed Bruce Brody's path for being frugal was Mick Foley. Because you always hear from the guys, Mick Foley was very, you know, he was quite tight with his money, but, you know, that's, that's, how, that's how they had to be, as you say. Yeah, that, that's, about, that's the only thing to take your money home is you've got to be a little frugal. And as you just said, one of the things Frank was known for was being frugal. But it, as I said, it worked. He knew exactly what he wanted and he knew he had plans on what he wanted to do after wrestling because he knew that he couldn't continue doing wrestling when he got to a certain age because especially what he did he wanted he wanted to make sure that he could still wrestle when he went out there and not not wait too long and then retire when you're already on the way down he wanted to retire on the top i have to ask as well obviously he's very close to stan hansen and i'm sure you know you're around the guys back back then in the 70s and 80s which other guys were around obviously you know if he did come home if he was at home which guys did you see a lot of when, when he was alive well i only got to meet a few stan sometimes he'd end up that work in i think it was with paul bosch in uh, houston and there was a plane that used to come home from Houston to San Antonio. We were in San Antonio at that part of time. And uh, he would call up. He said, hey, 
make some make some dinner. I'm bringing I'm bringing somebody home. And a lot of times, him and Stan, I'd go to the airport, and it'd be him and Stan get off the plane because they were going somewhere else the next day. So Stan has always been has always been close to us, even after everything. Even now, I just talked to Stan the other day, and I saw Stan in Charlotte at the gathering uh, a couple of two three weeks ago or something. So, and when uh, Jeff was little. Well, after, you know, I was about about eight, nine, just after everything happened, I'd put him on a plane and he'd go to Stan's place in the school holidays for a few weeks and they'd go on road trips with us, Stan and his kids. Amazing. So, you know, Stan, Stan, like I said, is a very close friend still today and I'm very grateful he is still. But the people that uh, Frank talked about and that he really enjoyed, Jimmy Snooker was one. Buck Robley, which I don't know, he was he was another one. Big John Studd, a lot of these people have already, you know, gone. Yeah. But the ones and of course Rick Flair was one of the ones he really enjoyed working with too. But yeah, there was uh there was quite a few Hacksaw Dugan, Hacksaw was another one, John Nord was another one. So yeah, there were several that uh when I meet them, like I met Hacksaw and I met John Nord. And they'll tell me what they think of Frank and how Frank kind of helped them because he kind of, these were ones that he mentored. And, of course, Terry Gordy. But, you know, a lot of these names, I'm afraid to say, are no longer with us, which is, you know. But, yeah, so it was was interesting. And, of course, I'm still friends with, um, I met in Australia when I was working in Australia, I met quite a few of the, I I worked in the hotel that a lot of the uh, Americans would stay at when they did their tour of Australia and New Zealand. And I'm still friends, like J.J. Dillon. In fact, I'll be seeing him tomorrow. So, yeah, because I'm good friends with his uh, daughter, Pam. So, you know, J.J. I've known for over 40 years. We, you know, we talk about Australia and things like that. So, so yeah, a lot of these people, uh, Tony Guerrero, he's, he's a Kiwi too. Yes, so he's a, yes, yeah, he's absolutely. A I just saw him not that long ago. I rode up to Charlotte with him uh, not so long. So there are, oh, another one, Bushwhacker Luke. I was going to say, I was going to ask about <laughs> the sheep, sheep herders, the Bushwhackers. That, that was yeah. what was coming into my mind, Barbara. Yeah. Can't, leave, can't leave them guys out. Oh, no, dear, dear old Luke. Yeah, I just, I've seen him a couple of times too in some of the events that I've gone to. And like I said, when we were in Charlotte, there was, uh, there was Luke, there was Tony, and there was me. We had the Kiwi connection. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. I want to ask, obviously, the gathering was only, you know, two or three weeks ago. Just to extend off that, yeah, a bit, bit more about what was going on at the gathering and, you know, meeting the fans and, yeah, just your experience in, in the Carolinas. Oh, the, ga- the gathering is such a wonderful uh, gathering, you know, because you've got so many different people there. Even Bill Watts, I got to meet uh, Eric, Bill Watts', Bill Watts son too. And, of course, the fans, I've got to see a lot of them that come back that I see quite often. So I always try, before I go, I always like to, I want to know because I want to remember their names. Now I remember their names because I see them quite a bit. So it's like old times. But it's the gathering. It's a fun. It's a really fun organization. And I was up there too with uh, 
Karen McDaniel, as I said. She's going to be in Vegas tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. I can't believe it's tomorrow now. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be seeing her. We're all arriving in uh, Vegas. But like I said, all these people that I get to meet, it's absolutely amazing. And, and uh, I don't know, of course, Kevin Sullivan, the devil, I think they call him, <laughs> or something. He's getting honoured. He's getting honoured at the uh, CAC this year too, which is quite, you know, Frank got honoured, uh, I think, two, yeah, it was quite a while ago when he got honoured. And it's unbelievable that everybody's honouring. There's a lot of honours that he's received over the years. That's what I said. It's it just he would be absolutely shocked. I wish I could say, do you realise how well known you are? And it's this long afterwards, just because there was no social media back in those days, so there wasn't I, that much, you know. I, around. It's like I, I said. I, I know we had a answering machine, but half the time he wouldn't answer it. We just got an answering machine. She said, I like to be, when I'm at home, I just want to be, you know, I don't want to be annoyed. And, and then people have asked me, I said, you realise that there were cell phones? I bet there would have been quite a few broken cell phones by this time. <laughs> <laughs> because Are now you, you can't get away from, no. you're, you're on, 24 hours a day people can contact you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'd say that was that was him, wasn't it? The person when he was on the road and he was wrestling, but when he was home, you know, he was he was the family man, wasn't he? He was the perfect family man. And that that's yeah. that's that's amazing. You know, I can I can look up to that now because I've got my son, you know. So it's Oh, I really want to, I want to, yeah, not to this I want to mention that. And look what you called him. <laughs> but you won't believe this. My my <laughs> wife my wife watches a program like a soap opera we've got over here in the UK, and the and the character's name was Brody. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, everyone said it's because it's because of Bruiser. Everyone was saying, I was like, look, yeah, so yeah, yeah, Brody." Oh, yeah, I uh, know. Hey, you've got you've got a Brody in your family. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, he's still pretty young, isn't he? What was he? It, July. He was born. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's, uh, what was he? What did he weigh? Recently, nearly fifteen pound. He was uh, eight pound. Eight, he was eight pound eleven. So he, he was quite. He's quite a good size when he was born. Bless him. How, how about that? <laughs> but yeah, Frank. Frank at home. You know, and not not bruiser, not being the character. You know, just like how how he was with, with you guys when he was home, and he was off the road. Yeah. Because what it was, we had five acres. We were in the hill country in San Antonio and had five acres. So when he came home, we'd kind of shut the gates and then that's, you know, stay and be a family. Because as I said, he was recognised a lot. I mean, we had some good neighbours that he knew and everything like that. But he wouldn't, we wouldn't really do, he just wanted to unwind, you know, after being on the road and eating green beans and tuna. <laughs> <laughs> He just wanted to come and have some steaks and. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask, what did he eat? What, what did he eat when he was home? But yeah, steaks, steaks and protein. Yeah, uh, protein things you mix up in a blender and that with eggs and ice cream and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, and that, but steaks. But what he did because Jeff played sports, so when he was home and Jeff had a game, because I was usually. Uh, a little assistant coach on a lot of Jeff's games, like was it football and little baseballs and basketball and things when he was young. So uh, 
he would, of course, go to the games. Of course, the people just thought that was great. You know, here he is, Bruiser Brody, sitting at a, a Little League baseball game or a Little League football game. The thing that really got was uh, one time Jeff took him to school for show and tell. <laughs> And there he is, he said, trying to sit on these little seats. He said, I was scared I was going to break, but they're pretty tough. So he went to school for show and tell. So that was Jeff's show and tell one day. He just happened to be home. So were the he other, took them. Were the other kids aware of Frank and, he, and who he was, you know, the kids in the school, or was it not? I don't think it was any kids. As you know, it's no big deal to kids. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, oh, yeah. your dad. You yeah, know, not like uh, adults or anything that knew what he was doing. Yeah. Of course, the teachers really didn't know until they found out, I think, a lot afterwards. Because when everything happened, a lot of people didn't know that Frank, you know, that that was what happened. And that was, you know, that because it was just Frank. You know, he was just Frank. At home, he was just Frank. So he wasn't Bruiser Brody. He had nothing to do with that personality when he came home because he, I think why he was successful was he knew how to divide the two. He didn't become Bruiser Brody. He always kept Frank Goodish. And then when he left home, he became Bruiser Brody. But even on the road, people had told me afterwards, like sitting on the plane or anything, he was still a lot of times Frank Goodish at the airports and that because they said we couldn't believe how quietly spoken he was and how that's why I think Japan called him the intelligent intelligent monster or something. He was called the intelligent because he was very, very knowledgeable. And they said, here we are, we're sitting, we're sitting on the plane and he's, you know, reading the Wall Street Journal and things. So I think that's why. And he would say sometimes, and I have people that sometimes come and talk to me when I'm, you know, and especially the fans, and they say, I've had a couple that's even said, I remembered seeing him in the airport. They were just a little child. And I remember we thought because he was so big and with that long hair and everything, that if he saw them hiding like behind somebody's legs, they have kids do if they're scared, they're kind of back, back, he would go and bend down and talk to them. And they always remembered that. And it was like, that saying you can't judge a book by its cover because people will well what is what do you call it they they form an opinion before they even know the person and you, you shouldn't do that because sometimes the least person you thought because they look at somebody is the nicest person you can meet that's, so, that's a good that's a good life lesson as well though isn't it barbara you it know, is absolutely and, and another thing is when I go to these, uh, what do you call it, these uh, events, these wonderful events, is people have tattoos. And I can't believe they'll show me tattoos of Frank, tattoos, whole arms, whole backs of tattoos of his likeness. And then, then I have other kids, kids I shouldn't say, other young adults come and talk to me. And they weren't even born. They tell me all about it. They've read my book. And they tell me all about it. And they were not even born when he left this world. And it's like, what a legacy this gentleman left behind. It's what an honor to the family. The here he is. He left a legacy because what he always used to say was, all I want to do is give the fans the best night of their life because they're the ones 
They're coming in and they're paying good money. And I want to make sure that they leave and say, wow, that was great. You know, they weren't disappointed about seeing something and spending their hard-earned money. He respected the fans. He respected the business, didn't he? That, he did. they're, they're the key. They're the key two things, and that and that's what you know. These modern day performers should be abiding by. I feel, you know, yes. the, the, the next wave, the next wave of talent. Absolutely. Yes. So yes, and as I said, you can see what happened. It uh, it worked because people still remember him today, and I think he'll probably be remembered for a long time because of all these uh, figures and everything like that. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. And I've got to say, I was watching a match. Now, I've known about this some years previously, and it was Undertaker as Texas Red, and it was his first match in world class, obviously, out of Dallas, Texas area. And, uh, yeah, just crazy watching that back. And you've got, obviously, Percy Pringle, as uh, who went on to be Paul Bearer. But, yeah, and Undertaker said on Austin's podcast about it as well. But, yeah, just... What, what an honour that must have been your first match with uh, Bruiser. Right. Yeah, I think people have mentioned that, and I think I watched that too. They told me, you have to watch it. So it's amazing when a lot of these people will talk about him, how they remember him. You know, as I said, I wished I had met. I've met a lot of them now, but there was a lot of people that he knew because of the wrestling. And I... A lot of times I didn't get a chance to meet them because they already left us. And it's, uh, it's just an honour that a lot of the wrestlers will, the way they talk about Because I know a lot of the wrestlers were kind of scared to get in the ring with him too. <laughs> because they did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Lex Luger went over the steel cage to get away from him. That's it. <laughs> I know. Because I think, think there was some cross wires there. Because what, yeah, I, I know. Because he was a green, you know what I mean? It didn't. Yeah. Frank wanted to take care because he knew to give them a good match is a good match. He didn't want to, you know what I mean, go in there and just, because, he, because that means it doesn't do anything for him. For him, it's to give the other person a good match as well. And all, the, all they had to do, and I've heard, well, some of them tell me this too, if you listen to him, you learned a lot. And he would take care of you. But if you went in there and tried to do your own thing, yeah, yeah. Wow. He, would, he would stand up, he'd stand up for what, what was right. And yeah, I, I yeah, I totally get that. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was uh, you know, so you caught you know, you're agreeing, you know, you you're just learning and you go in there and call a match. That's not the way you do it to the uh, because they're gonna take care of well, Frank wanted to take care. In fact, with the Hacksaw, Frank was kind of the one that got him the, that he ended up carrying the two by four. Because wow. wow, I didn't know that. I've learned something. I've actually learned something. Because he told me, Hacksaw told me the whole story. I met him in Charlotte a few years ago for the first time. And he always said that because what it was, Frank did the most incredible interviews. You know, a light bulb, a garbage bin, whatever it was. So what he would do when he went into the ring, especially when he's have to do an interview or he's going into the ring, he'll look around and see, what, what can I take and use? Because there's always something lying around. So he, he would, what can I use? And then Hacksaw was asking him, he said, well, you know, what about this two by four? No, no, just take something. Look around and see what you want to take into the ring. 
he picked up the two by four and uh, went in and he's carried it ever since. It's amazing. He was saying that. He said, yeah, do you know, you know, he told me, he told me the story about that. So I thought that was pretty, uh, that was pretty special. That's what I mean when I meet some of these people. It's pretty special that, uh, you know, what they uh, tell me. So Amazing. Amazing. Now, Barbara, I know how you met Frank, how you met Bruiser. Obviously, you're working in a hotel. But obviously, for the listeners, for the viewers that don't know the story, I'd just like you to say, you know, how, how you met Frank, you know, how, how it came about, because I'd love the listeners and viewers that don't know, you know, would like to know how, how it began for you too. Well, I, as I said, I was working in the hotel. I, I think the best thing is, is I just happened to be working a late I had already been in the hotel about three months back and forth doing the tour, just talking because this was before compute. This was before computers. This was before social media, and a lot of the guys would stay at the hotel, so I'd be running into them. There was Andre the Giant, which is, you know, me. There was uh, Don Morocco, Ricky Martel, of course, JJ Dillon, Tony Guerrero. There was some. I could go on and on. And uh, I was leaving this night. I just happened they wanted me to work the late shifts because somebody didn't turn up. So I said, oh, well, okay. You know how you do your fill-in for people when sometimes, you know, it happens. So I was leaving at 11 o'clock and they were all just pulling up in the taxis, getting ready, you know, after the match. So my boss, who was an American gentleman, had a had a bar called the Bourbon and Beef up the street. So they said, well, you know, why are you going home? You know, why didn't you come? Killer Carl Crop was the one. He'd, we'd become good friends because I, I used to talk. They wanted to talk. They're lonely. They wanted to talk about their families and show photographs of their kids. And, I mean, when you're in a strange country, it can be very, very lonely. You know, so sometimes, and of course, telephone calls in those days were very expensive. Not like doing something like this today where you can be, <laughs> you, can, you can have your family at all time with you, no matter where you're at. You can actually sit there and talk to them and not, you know, and be okay. So I went, I went up there. I forget, there was all sorts, even, even the little ones. So it was quite a thing. Sit down. See, this is what I'm telling you about. You cannot judge a book by its cover. Same thing, because... This was, this was a, you know, all sorts of, as you know, I don't have to say anything. You, you know, as in the old days how the wrestlers were, there was all sorts of, you know. And uh, so I went up there, had a big table, you know, a big old table, everybody sitting at the table. One by one, they started to leave. Okay, I oh, will be back, we'll be back. One by one, they didn't come back. So, okay. And then all of a sudden there was me. Carl and Frank. Well, this is a little strange. Then Carl gets up. We'll be right back. Well, you know what? He'd worked me. He didn't know how to get me by myself. So he'd set it up with the guys. He had said, they will be comfortable. You know, she'll come out because they'll be comfortable with everybody there because, you know, it was a safe environment. He said, but I want you to leave one by one. And then, and that's how it happened. Then we just talked, you know, for a long time for the, you know, at the end of the night. So it was one of those, he was a good worker. So yes, I got work too. <laughs> like the boys did. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. They said, yeah, 
he won. He said, because it wasn't even him that asked me to go up, you know, up to the bourbon and beef. It was, because he said, you're going to, she felt comfortable. And it was like, yeah, because you know yourself, if you're working late at night, it's a whole different thing than if you work from nine to five. You know, by eight, nine o'clock at night, you're ready. But if you're working all the way till 11 o'clock, it, it's the whole different thing. Because you, you can't just unwind. You've got to unwind for a little bit. So, yeah, that's how I got worked. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got to ask you about the action figure that's coming out as well. It would be remiss of me not to obviously... You've, we've got to... Because you've got, you've got a prototype. You've got... So for the viewers, especially the viewers, because they won't be able to see it on the audio side, but on yeah. YouTube, you'll be able to see this. And when I put clips up, Bruises fans. Yeah, can I turn around and get it? Absolutely. I tried to get it so you can see. It's amazing. It's got a glare. But... The detail, the detail, you can see the detail. It's amazing. It's amazing what they can do these days, isn't it, Barbara? Yeah, the, the light, the lightness, the lightness is unreal. I know it's hard to kind of get, but yeah, you can kind of. You can see it. You can see yeah. it. Yeah. Amazing. So it is quite amazing that uh, they did such a likeness. It's like I cannot believe it. And like you said, that's Powtown. That's the Powtown wrestling. And I was going to try get something else, but all the figures. It's not just his figure it's every figure that they have out there and it's unbelievable that they can you know what i mean that they can make it so yeah like so, life like yeah it's it's amazing it's amazing you know and his legacy lives on doesn't it you know there's another there's another thing you know people that collect there'll be a lot of people that want to get this set absolutely i know a lot of guys that still collect the figures they have hundreds of figures so it's just amazing you know, because they've done it like a collector's figures. You know, just the just the amazing thing, like I said. And they've got it from, like, all the different things. What they did is, excuse me, what they did was they, uh, they did it like, uh, like the bundles of three are the association. They call, it's called the association, and it's named after the AWA. And that's what Vern, Frank, and Stan because they worked for the AWA. Yeah. So that's one bundle you can buy together. And then, and then another one is called the Alliance, and that was named after the NWA. And, of course, that's got Lou, Magnum TA, and Kerry Von Erich in it. So it's really incredible that they've done it like in different things, and the packaging that they have done is incredible too. So I just cannot believe that they have, you know, what they did too i mean as you said every time i talk about it i'm uh, i'm amazed just as i said i wish i could have got a better likeness but you can kind of see but Absolutely. go to Powtown, yeah go to powertownwrestling.com and they always say where wrestling lives on and get to see then you'll get to see exactly because the uh the figures are so lifelike that is absolutely amazing. I'll I'll put a link when we put the episode out. I will put a link to that absolutely. Also, the Brody book we can see behind behind you there. So obviously, Frank's book is there as well. But that's available to purchase. Yeah. So little plug for the book, please, Barbara. Oh yeah, that was uh, it was done with Larry Matisak, who worked for Sam Mushnick in uh, St. Louis. And uh, 
who was another very, very good friend of Frank Tim and another little promoter down there who's still promoting, Herb Simmons, who does a Bruiser Brody Memorial show every year. He puts a, uh, you know, and they have a trophy of, uh, you know, for the, uh, the winner of the Bruiser Brody Memorial show. So there was, I never wanted to do anything like that. I kind of disappeared a little bit when, when everything happened. I just, you know, lived a normal life. I was pretty much away from everything. And still people started. I think the first one was the CAC who gave, who gave an award. And then all of a sudden when I went to one of these, I found my wrestling family who I had lost for all that time. And, be, and then with the book, Larry had, he had written a couple of books and he approached me and he said, uh, you know, would you like to do a book? I've got interest that I will do the wrestling side. You do the personal side. Because somebody else had approached me about a book and I said, no, you know what I mean? I, I just didn't want, and I didn't know what they were going to say because I didn't know the person. And uh, with Larry, I knew that with Larry, one of the few people that I could say that was 100% honest. So I knew that it would be one of the most honest books because with him doing the wrestling side, with myself doing the personal side, it was, you know, one of these, uh, one of these books that was real. Nothing, nothing embellished, nothing. Because you know something, when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember because it's the truth. So you don't have to think about, well, what did I say this time? Or what did I say that this time? It's the truth. So that is one of the things. So that's when I wrote the book. And it was very, 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 very helpful because I had never really talked about, I know we don't want to go into that, but never really talked about anything that had happened. But just writing it, you know what I mean? Writing, writing it down was what, probably one of the most helpful things that I have ever done because it's sometimes when you go through tragedies in life we kind of lock ourselves away but you know you can't lock yourself away you've just got to do that one step no matter how hard it is and I know it's hard but some people get so stuck in the past they never they never recover and it's not easy I'm not saying sit no, here and the people and say it's no. not easy but that's what they would want you to do. They wouldn't want you to just go and do nothing else, just kind of give up on life, so to speak. Because, and writing this book, like I said, was the, one of the most, I know I'm repeating myself, was one of the most helpful, helpful things that I've ever done and moving on and then finding my wrestling family too. So it was very, 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 very helpful and very very good. Thank you for sharing that. No, you know the strength, the strength you had to do that as well. You know, years later, just uh, yeah, amazing. So, yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, as well, Larry was fantastic on the documentary on the high spots one as well. All the stuff he he did on that, he, he did a fantastic job. It was uh, lovely, lovely hearing his accounts of Frank of Bruiser. I know, and unfortunately, as you know, he's yeah. no longer yeah. with us. It's uh, that's what I said. Sometimes you've got to get things out. I'm glad that we had the book, and I'm glad this all happened because when he left us, his he left a mind because he had a mind for wrestling, and 
Herb is still continuing it because he's been a promoter for 40 years now and he's still doing it. He's one of, one of the few when he does his wrestling. It's like old-style wrestling, not like some of the new stuff that they have out there. His is still old-style. In fact, I go there. I was there in uh, May when he had the uh, show and I'm in the dressing room too. I actually see it from both parts by going in, you know, in the dressing room and seeing, you know, what's going on and everything. But then I go out and then I'll watch the wrestling matches. Well, they sometimes have a wrestling match that actually, I know, but it actually gets me. It actually, what? No, no. <laughs> That's so, the beauty. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, of the art form, isn't it? that it can still yeah. do, that, do that to us years later. It's so real, and I know, you know, but no, it's so <laughs> real that it's like I'm a mark. <laughs> well, that's what Frank used to say. He used to, he used to always call me a mark because, you know, he always wanted, like I said, to do the best. So sometimes he'd, you know, talk to me about it. And he said, yeah, he said, if it worries you, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Absolutely, absolutely. Before we go as well, I'd like to, to talk about the Facebook group the bruiser because i've i'm on i'm in the group now so yeah the, the group on facebook and yeah, i've seen some, some great photos on there it, it's great great for frank's legacy oh it's amazing. yeah bruiser was it bruiser brody's uh wrestling's last rebel is one and then there's the memorial for bruiser brody there's two facebook groups out there and i don't right, know okay. if you're you on yeah i don't are you on both of them there's two of them I'm, I'm on i'm on the last rebel one but i will get yeah, myself into i'll get into yeah, the that's the one i'm really yeah, I really keep an eye on and that and the other one too. I'm still, you know, I keep a check on that one too. I mean, they're both good and they both have a lot of people. And I see pictures I've never seen before, especially some of the personal pictures that people put on about Japan. It's, uh, I mean, I get to see pictures of what he did in Japan because I wasn't there and going to different restaurants or just standing there and it's like so this is what I mean. This group, these groups are absolutely fantastic. Just even for me. So anybody that posts and anybody, and like I said, and anyone that wants to message me, I'm on Facebook too. Just, uh, and sometimes send me a message. Sometimes I get too much and I lose some of them. So, you know, send me a private message and, and tell me, you know, maybe it's, you've seen this uh, podcast and then I will, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd love to hear from you and i love talking to you too because it's nice to hear an accent <laughs> i'm from wales so i'm not <laughs> i'm not in england but you, you you think we were from england like, we're, that, we're that close to the border but you go you go 10 miles down the road and they speak welsh and the accent's totally different but yeah i'm from wales yeah that's that's but uh, about an hour away from liverpool just an hour yeah. away I know, and as I said, because of everything that's been happening over there, like I said, I grew up with the Queen. That yeah. was, you know, as it seems, uh, you felt like she was going to be there forever. It's just, it caught, caught, every, well, I think she'd been poorly for a while, hadn't she? Like, the, the, she, Jubilee, yeah. the Jubilee appearances, you know, she made that one appearance, didn't she? Uh, but the, no. her, send, her send off, no, no other country could have done that, I don't think. It was just incredible. No. Every, and I think the, the, the nice thing was her last picture when she was, uh, you know, swearing in your new prime, the new prime minister there. Yeah, Liz, Liz Truss, yeah. Smile, and she had a smile on her face. And that was kind of her last duty. And then a couple of days later, she was gone. I remember her 
uh, when I was in New Zealand because uh, my house was on a main road and she, she visited New Zealand. And I remember sitting outside on, on the street corner waiting for her to go by and then that when she saw a bunch of kids just slowed down. I always remember, <laughs> you know, and it was like she, you grow up, she was part of you. You know, she was part of the history of you know, growing up. But, yeah, that's what I said, the memories that bring up. I said, oh, I remember seeing the Queen. <laughs> I was sitting with my flag outside my house yeah. <laughs> as a little oh, girl. Bless, bless her soul. And, yeah, Charles, Charles for however long now, and then it'll be William after that, won't it? So, yeah. It's... It just, you know, yeah, it's just, but the history, to see the history, like you just said, about her send-off was really phenomenal. I mean, it was amazing to see that history in this day and age. It was to bring everybody together like that in peace. It was really something to see, um, you know. The lads, the lads carrying the coffin, you know, their families must be so proud. Those boys, well, men, you know, that they were young, weren't they? And, uh, you know, it's just uh, that I, I found that I was nearly tearing up seeing that. I know it was, it was kind of, that's, that's how it, I think it affected people and everybody waiting in line to visit. I mean, what they say, 24 hours, some people were waiting just to, to show their respect. I mean, that's how much respect she had. And as I said, being from that culture, as you talk, it was, it was, yeah, as well as it was quite <gasps> like that. Yeah. It's a, yeah, just surreal, surreal. Barbara, thank you so much for coming on today. The wife of the idol, he's an idol in wrestling. He set, he, tra he trailblazed, he trailblazed still these hard-hitting guys now in the ring. You know, that, that's what him and Stan were doing all those years ago. Just thank you so much for coming on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today, Barbara, and sharing just a little bit of Frank's story and obviously what you're doing with the CAC now as well. Lifetime member, of course, and registrar. So keeping it going. And as I said, anyone that's over here, please, the CAC, what a great, great organisation. You will not regret it. And go to these events, especially the CAC every year. You will have such a good time. And it's just so wonderful meeting everybody and meeting even the first time people that come. It's just a, it's a wonderful organization. Thank you so much, Barbara. An absolute lovely, it was lovely, lovely to have you on. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved it. And, and give your son a little hug from me. I will. I will. <laughs> I think Karis will have him, have him settled now, so I'll, I'll take over. <laughs> I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do the easy bit. Okay. Uh, take care, Barbara. Thank you so you much. Too. What a lovely, lovely guest to have on there. Barbara Goodish, the wife of Bruiser Brody, Frank Goodish. His legacy lives on. He was an icon. He was ahead of his time. He was a wrestling legend. And it was just amazing to speak to her. Obviously, go to powertownwrestling.com. You can get his new figure. The likeness is amazing, as you would have seen on YouTube and on clips that you've seen of us on Facebook as well. And also, the Cauliflower Alley Club, Barbara, will be there in Vegas, which is going on into next week. I know she was traveling on Saturday. So she is there. She's a lifetime member. She's the registrar. She'll also be selling some items and things as well. So yeah, you'll get to see if you're in Vegas this weekend. Just thank you so much, Barbara. 
Cruiser. It was so iconic and it was amazing to get you on. And they've got Wrestling's Last Rebel Bruiser Brody, the Facebook page as well. I can't forget about that. So loads of photos. And I know Barbara will interact with the fans on that page as well. So a big, big thank you to the wife of the iconic Bruiser Brody, Barbara Goodish. And we will see you soon for episode 131 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Take care. Stay safe, everybody. 